reading this morning, we consider, as you sow, so shall you reap. Now, when we look around at our world today, there are all these laws that God set up in nature. There's the second law of thermodynamics, as it's called, that things are winding down. This knocks in the head, of course, the foolishness of evolution. There's the law of cause and effect. There's that law that says every action has a reaction. And then there's that law, and you know what that law is. What goes up must come down. The law of gravity. God set it up. And no matter how many times I drop this pen, it's always going to fall down there. That's the law of gravity. It does not vary. It stays the same. It remains in place. Now, just as in nature, just as in the world round about us, we see these laws in effect that continue, so also there are spiritual laws that are just as much in vogue, just as much always going to remain the same as those laws that we see in nature through observation. And one of those we look at today, as you sow, so shall you reap. Now, when we look at this, we look first at it negatively with regard to the unbelievers and also and we start to play around with things we shouldn't and then we look at it positively with Christ in our hearts how God allows us to see the wonderful benefit of that spiritual law now this is found throughout scripture this just is not alone in Galatians chapter 6 as you sow so shall you reap that's found throughout scripture in many places negatively you'll find it Job says You plow iniquity, you sow trouble, you reap the same. There's a favorite of mine in connection with this that's in Ecclesiastes and in Proverbs. He who digs a pit will fall into it. And he who starts a stone rolling, it will come back upon him. The idea is that if you cause mischief, the psalmist says, it'll come back upon your head. See, now there's that negative aspect of as you sow, so shall you reap. Now, that's all wonderful. There's more passages in Scripture we could look at, and and, uh, some of you are probably saying, well, it's real clear. But you know, we also have this weakness within us that seeing is believing. And so God gives us in His Word then examples of people who follow this negative aspect of as you sow, so shall you reap. Go back into the Old Testament with Sennacherib, this mighty king of the Assyrian Empire who sent his army to besiege Jerusalem. Now, sure, God uses pagan earthly rulers just as he uses Christian rulers. They accomplish his purposes as far as he has them do certain things. But then the pagans will inevitably go beyond what God says, go beyond what God wants, go beyond God's will. They'll inflict their cruelties and their vicious, monstrous acts upon people. And then, of course, as you sow, so shall you reap. And that happened to Zanacharim. 185,000 soldiers died one night. Not at the hands of the soldiers of Jerusalem, but at the hands of the angel of the Lord. Now, Zanacharim had sent his Rabshakeh, who was a cupbearer at his court, to go before the walls and mock the one true God. Have any of the other gods saved their people? No, and he listed them one after the other. And so your God also will not. Oh, this is bad news for Zanacharim. After the army of 185,000 were wiped out in that one night, Zanacharim goes back home. 
And he goes into the temple of his god Nisroch. And as he's worshipping his god Nisroch, up behind him come two of his sons and they kill him. As you sow, so shall you reap. And then we heard about King Herod in our scripture reading this morning. Now this King Herod is the one who with his bully boys mocked the Lord Jesus Christ and became great friends with Governor Pontius Pilate. Now this King Herod that we heard about in the scripture reading, his grandpa was the one who murdered all those boys up to the age of two in Bethlehem and its environs. And his uncle was the one who killed John the Baptist. Well, what do you expect from a family like that, huh? So this Herod, who mocked Jesus Christ, when he received the acclaim of the people, oh, a voice of a God and not of man, because he didn't give glory to God, fell over backwards dead, and the worms ate him. You see, as you sow, so shall you reap. And God gives us these examples from Scripture to have us understand this. Now, some of us at times may think, well... You know, when some of these guys pull this kind of stuff, we'd like to get involved to sort of pay him back. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, God knows what he's doing. We don't know what we're doing. Vigilante committees are not to be formed, you know. Think about that terrible, terrible, wicked Pharisee who breathed out threats and murders against God's people. Think about how he imprisoned men and women. Think about how he held the garments of the men who stoned Stephen so they could get a real good throw at the rocks, killing Stephen. And think about how this wicked Pharisee was then on his way to Damascus to do the same thing there as he'd done in Jerusalem. Now, some Christian might have thought, well, let's form a committee. We know what he's done in Jerusalem, so let's go ahead and stop him. Let's put him out of the way on his way to Damascus. That would have been a terrible thing, wouldn't it? Because then... The Saul, who was a persecutor of the church, would not have become Paul, the great missionary of the church. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And we think about Sennacherib, and we think about Herod, and we want to remember that God can intervene. We don't have the whole picture. We don't have the full, complete perspective. Except we have the complete perspective on Calvary. When Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the whole world, even for a Zanacrib, even for a Herod, although they didn't care for it, even for a Paul. And Paul wrote to Timothy and said, God is Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. That's a tremendous passage, because it reminds us that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for the sins of all. What a wonderful Lord we have. But then there are those who believe it and receive the blessings that he won for mankind. Negatively speaking, we don't want to go ahead and get involved in being an angel of God to carry out the justice of God on people. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And we see it in Scripture, and we see it in life. There's also the positive aspect of this. As you sow, so shall you reap. And this is again repeated throughout Scripture. Jesus said, give as it will be given to you, as it has been given to you, good measure, shaken together, pressed down, and running over. For the measure you give will be the measure you get. Now that's as plain as a nose in your face. That's that as you sow, so shall you reap. 
And this is very positive, isn't it? But this only applies for us who have Christ in our heart. Only applies for those who are going to listen to it and seek to live by it. Now again, God gives us examples in Scripture of this also because we need to see the real live people who this happened to. Well, think about Job. Remember how the pastor led us through a study of Job a while back. Now, Job was an intensely wealthy man. Intensely wealthy. But seven temptations fell upon him. Remember how the devil challenged God. And it was established when the challenge was issued. Job was upright. He was righteous. He feared God. That means he honored God. And he turned away from evil. Now, that's a pretty good picture of someone who is sowing what he should have sold. But then seven temptations fell upon Job. In quick succession, three of them fell, eliminating his whole wealth, all of his wealth, in those livestock herds and flocks that were destroyed, taken away, gone. And then the house roof fell in upon his ten children. Gone were those ten children. And then he had those boils all over his body from the tip of his head to the toe in his foot. And then his wife says, curse God and die. And then those three friends came. And some of the things they said weren't too bad, but a lot of the advice they gave him was just rotten to the core. Seven temptations fell upon him. As you sow, so shall you reap. He was upright. He was righteous. He turned away from evil. What happened then? Now, we don't know how long this took, but remember what happened in the end? He got back ten children. And his three girls were the prettiest girls for miles around. He got back double for all the livestock he lost. And remember when this happened? It was after he prayed for his three friends who gave him such bum advice. As you sow, so shall ye reap. But remember what we also read in Ecclesiastes. You know, cast your bread upon the water for after many days it will return to you. See, we don't know how long that was from the time that the devil challenged God on Job until, as you sow, so shall you reap. Now, all of us have experienced this. We are the living examples like Job. Let me give you a couple examples. As you sow, so shall you reap. In August 25th of 2014, I was going down an escalator in Paris to catch the train to go out and visit our pastor, Blanchard. And then going down, there's somebody behind me, bumped me, and I put, turned around like this. Oh, excuse me, it was a lady, and everybody's all crowded around, you know. Then I get down off the escalator just a little ways ahead, and I reach back, and my wallet's gone. There's $1,800 in the wallet. Now, these pickpockets were so clever, not only had they taken my wallet, but they'd reached into my pocket and taken out 340 euros. And so there it was. I was there to sow the Word of God, you know, encourage Pastor Blanchard. And then over, go over to Germany and work there. And it was gone. All that money was gone. I had no money. And when I got back to the United States, I remember that I retired from overseas, full-time overseas work in October 13. This is in August 25th that that happened. I got back to the United States two weeks later, and the wife says, well, a check came. And then not long after, another check came. Now, this was not the original gifts that I was receiving from members of the CLC from my work overseas. This obviously came again from members of the CLC. They did not know that I had been robbed in Paris, but God knew, 
They did not go ahead and say, well, let's pay him back for what he's done. No, God was in charge there. And he then gave me more back than these pickpockets had stolen from me. As you sow, so shall he reap. Now that happened pretty fast. You know, just a matter of a few weeks. January, February and March in South Dakota are terrible, terrible months. The wind's blowing, the snow is falling, and the roads are being iced over. 1979, I had a family of nine people who had nothing. They had nothing. Put them into a house, tried to get some jobs for the older ones, and then other people would give food. 1979, okay? Last I saw them for a long time was in 1983. And then in July of 2019, they contacted me and said, well, we've been trying to reach you, Pastor Caney. Oh, that's great. So then we met up again. Now remember, that was 1979. As you sow, so shall you reap. When I met with them in 2019, they gave me back more than eight times the amount of money that I had spent to take care of them back in 1979. As you sow... So shall you reap. And God says again. Remember what Jesus said. Blowing over. That's what God does for us. This is the Lord who we serve. This is the God who has provided more than enough forgiveness for all of our sins. And this is the God who provides for us day by day. His mercies are new every morning. When we look at God's word we see clearly. As you sow, so shall you reap. But we've got to take into effect in our thinking the factors of Time and perspective. Now, when it comes to time, we are people who love the fast food, don't we? We want to get our food right away. And when we're out in the highway and if somebody's going a little slow, you know, that's the way folks are. They want to go faster. Now we got that law that when you go on the interstate, you got to get over that slow lane. You can't be blocking those people wanting to go fast, you know. And that's our mentality, you know, this idea of time. Well, let's remember that our God is the one who created time. There was eternity, and then he created time. And now we live in time, and he accomplishes things according to his own good time. Remember that long time from the first when Job till the last when Job, as you sow, so shall you reap. And also remember perspective. We have to keep things in perspective. I'm number one in my book. That's the way folks think, isn't it? Things revolve around me. I mean, you start to talk with folks, and they'll, I tell you, you talk with folks, and they'll tell you everything about themselves, everything about themselves. They don't really ask you sometimes too much, you know, because, well, you know, I'm numero uno, and this is where it's at. See, that's the wrong perspective. That's that simple perspective that we got to get away from. When Job prayed for his three friends, then... Everything came back to him. And remember, this is the perspective we want to have. It's not just me. There are other people involved, like Job and his three friends, that God was working with. God was taking charge of. God was going to pursue and bring to a completion, bring to a fulfillment. His will was going to be done. But we've got to move away from that selfish perspective. We've got to listen to what God says in his word. And remember, then, it's going to be carried out It's been carried out in your life. It's been carried out in my life. And it's going to continue to be. And this takes faith, doesn't it? 
We don't know how long. We don't know when. But we know it will happen. It's like that saying, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And we want to have faith to look at God's word and say, oh yeah, as you sow, so shall ye reap. Let me give you one last little example out of science. Now you got a magnet over here and you got iron filings, okay? Now you can see the iron filings right enough. You can see the magnet right enough, but you can't see the magnetic field, can you? But sure enough, those iron filings are going to be going over towards that magnet because of the invisible magnetic field. We've got to remember that God is at work and we can't see a lot of this. But we know that God is at work and will bring forth what he wills. That's what we just sung in that hymn, isn't it? The will of God abides and his will, of God, his will abides in our lives and he uses us to affect other people. As you sow... So shall you reap. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Uh, he has had congestion in his lungs, uh, but all of his stats are remaining good. And uh, Frances is weak, but she says that she's recovering now. Uh, also, Luke Fossum has been home with a mild case. Let us pray. O Lord God, you are ever faithful and have not failed to keep even one of your precious promises. We thank you for the wondrous gift of Jesus Christ, your Son, and for all the gifts that we have received through him. Grant your cleansing pardon for all of our sins. Help us to believe and trust in Christ alone, that all we do and say would be guided by you and your spirit. Preserve your people, dear Lord, from false or faithless teachers. Keep us obedient to your holy scriptures. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we would understand your word and live according to your truth, sowing the seeds of righteousness for us and for others around us. O Lord, bring forth the fruits of our labors and time and grant us patience to wait on you. Lord, support our land from all and protect us from all wickedness. Grant that we would turn away from our greed and desire for materials, which leads to corruption. Raise us up with courage and conscience to live our lives not for this world, and to warn and guide others in the same. Protect us against every peril to receive your blessing. We pray for your protection against the perils of sickness in the lives of Luke Fossum, Ada, Justin, Francis, and Lindsay. Each case is unique as you work in their lives, even in the midst of sickness, to renew their hope in you and to strengthen them by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that in these cases you have seen several of our members through sickness and into recovery. Dear Lord, we pray especially for Lindsay that you would be with him in the hospital. Bless the care that he's receiving so that it would be effective in fighting off the sickness. Bring him out of the hospital into recovery and safely back home with his wife so no further harm would be done. We call on your name and your mercy. Also watch over Francis to see her through and to renew her strength. In these things, Lord, this virus has shown us that we are not in control and we have to entrust our days to you. Help us to walk in faith and not in fear. And grant us that every difficulty, trial, or adversity would indeed serve to glorify you. In all these things we pray in the name of your only begotten Son, in whose name we also join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed.
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Rise for the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.